man, move, move, move. Sanka, you dead? Yeah, man. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. And today we are doing Cool Runnings. Enough people say you know they don't believe. Uh, I think you're singing a Sting song. <laughs> Roxanne! Sting like It is of- interesting that he started very much of the... Uh, Scar. Yeah, and then he kind of, was it like a, am I culturally appropriating this that I should shift gears? Or was it just a natural evolution, you think? I've wondered that over the last years. Yeah. I don't think Sting cares about that stuff. He doesn't see colour. Was he the Iggy Azalea? He feels the Iggy Azalea of his day. No. No. Seymour's found the microphone. This could be dangerous. Seymour's the dog, by the way. I should post a picture of him. Yep. We've got a dog, friend of the show. Mascot. He is a bit of a mascot. Mascot. Yeah. Sometimes he's best left in the past. Oh. Hey, stop biting me. All right, he's gone on the floor. Um, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. This particular movie came out in the particular picture came out in 1992. Now, Gregory, do you have anything from 1992 that could really set the tone? Well, that's – Trigger the member berries or – Perhaps provoke some curiosity. Uh, I would say it was a very good year. A very good year. Yeah. And I'm going to tingle a few member berries through the art of music. Yeah. This year. Yeah. I've been waiting Um, for one of these. You know, a bit of Rage Countdown. Yeah. Um, Rage was our version of other versions of Rage. MTV type things. Yeah, MTV. Before we had MTV, it was just Top an hour countdown. on Saturday mornings. Yeah. So in this time, we had uh, Silk, Freak Ooh. Me. Freak Me. Oh. Freak Me, baby. Oh, yes. Freak Me, baby. Just like that. Freak Me, baby. The big one for me and one of the biggest songs of this year. So we used, I think many people of the era used to watch the countdown, Rage in our instance. Yeah. And for a big portion of this year, Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love was number one. Ah, yeah, but he won't do that. just didn't understand that fucking song. Yeah. There's many conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah? Some say it's anal. Oh, oh, about the what won't do that. The one thing he won't do, yeah. No, I won't do that. Oh. I mean, I don't think that's the truth. I mean, has anyone asked him? <laughs> I haven't spoken to him recently. My whole thing with, well, I mean, anyone, you know, he's probably been interviewed. I'm sure he's been asked. Yeah. Uh, the actual song. I think that's actually the question he gets asked the most. I think oh, I read that somewhere. Of course it would be. Yeah. That actual song, I just didn't get, so before this, I didn't know of Meatloaf. And so when this song came out and that film clip with Meatloaf, I mean, he's not the most photogenic man, right? Sure isn't. So I, as a child. His name is Fitting. So when I was a kid, I actually thought that Meatloaf was some kind of dial-in contestant that had won 
the opportunity to be in a film clip and that he wasn't actually a – You thought he wasn't the guy. I thought he wasn't the guy. <laughs> I thought he was some full-figured battler who had just won the opportunity to impersonate a rock star in a film clip. Well, I, I don't Anyone blame else? you. Anyone else? Anyone? I have a friend called Meatloaf. Really? Yeah. By birth? By us. <laughs> So that uh, so I just thought I'd touch on music a little bit. Obviously, it's the apex of grunge around this time. But um, yeah, I'll just I'll keep moving. But you know, that was '93. That was '93. It's a good year. Mm. Big year for movies too. Uh huh. We, we had have? we had some heavy hitters in '93. We had Jurassic Park. We Ooh. had we had Mrs. Smaller films, heartfelt films like Schindler's List, The Firm. Indecent proposal, big films like Cliffhanger, Didier. little overlap there, and uh, isn't there just Demolition Man was this year, Philadelphia was this year, but in number thirteen, Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings, 1993, budget of 17 mil, return of a whopping $155 million. So as we said, this took its number number 13 for the year, coming in sneakily behind Demolition Man. Wow. 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 It was a big picture. It was a big picture for me. Was it a big picture for you, Greg? Yes. Yeah? I. This was one of those ones where... I wasn't conscious of it until I was rewatching that I legitimately remembered lines. You know how you think you remember lines and then you really don't. Yeah. You get it wrong. They were in there. They sure were. Like, I see pride. I see power. I see poor. 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 I see oh. a badass mother who won't take no crap out of nobody. Oh, so so Disney, so pure. Yeah, so pure. You're such a badass mother. Yeah, mother. Uh, I remember this movie very well. Mm. As, as you just alluded to, lots of lines and scenes were pretty fresh mm. in the rewatch. Mm. But I don't remember, really remember life around this movie. I don't particularly remember what I was doing. At like a point in time. 93, yeah. I would have been in year six. So yeah. for those of you who don't know, this is when I peaked. Oh, because you were school captain. School and sports, yeah. Yeah, I was sports captain, same yeah. thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sports captain is the same as sports captain. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, so school captain so we're as well. The same. Yeah. yeah, look. Um, I don't really remember. I was too busy winning at life, I think. Yeah. I was kind of probably like the German guy, the Swiss guy who was a bit of an arsehole. And You're I more ass- like a Neville Bartos. Look at me, mate. Look at me. I'm flying. I'm fucking flying. I was him. Yeah, I was like a speed-induced <laughs> yeah. Swiss guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. A racist Swiss guy. Who did a good slow clap at the end? Racist. In the beginning, he was. No, he just said, "Hi, do you want some, some training wheels for that thing?" <laughs> hey, Jamaica, do you want some training wheels for your sleigh? <laughs> oh, he just gave me a recasty. I don't think so. Hey, John Candy, are you going to are you going to tuck them in as well in the sleigh? <laughs> so I don't remember it very well in terms of what was going on in my life. Yeah. Um, probably saw it at a birthday party uh, at the movies. Yeah. Do kids still go to movies for birthday parties? Probably not. No. Nah. It's $25 for a kid to go to the movies these days. For a, so for a kid's birthday for party. For a kid. For a birthday party, you get it. 
25 bucks per kid and you get kitty popcorn and a little fucking juice huh. and like the, the kid birthday boy girl gets two free tickets for another movie afterwards and the parents right. go free. But if you're taking 10 oh, kids. the parents go free. Yeah. They're not that into it. But I assume there's a minimum. Yeah. And then it's, you know, if you've got 10 kids there, which isn't that many. Yeah. It's not that many. Yeah. That's 250 bucks and that's before you have cake. I think our American listeners might be shocked by some of those figures you've stated there. Yeah, $25. Because cinema in Australia is quite expensive, but I have to say at 30%, cinema in Australia is a much more premium experience. So, But at the time, in your youth, in your reflection upon viewing this movie, this this seemed like a oh, it was, was important. A, this was an epic movie. This was big. Was. I thought, I thought um, uh, Dougie Doug. Was was hilarious. Well, he was he was, whew. yeah. The Dougie Doug star was on the uh, ascend. Yeah, at the time, relatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, low base and all. Yeah, uh, we'll get into Dougie Doug in a sec. Actually, speaking of, should I just get into the origin story? Yeah, yeah. Should yeah. we rip the yeah, band aid yeah. off? Yeah. Now there's hey, a uh, sorry. Yeah. So, so no, we're not. Gonna no, <laughs> I just I just perfectly timed an interruption. To say, took a big breath. And I know it was. Re- it was like I punched you in the guts. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was seven dollars to see a movie in 1993. Yeah, and I feel like in the US it's still only like ten dollars or something. You know what? So seven dollars. Do you remember what you could get for seven dollars fifty? Uh, yeah, seven dollars fifty. Two games, shoe hire, hot, hot dog, dog, fries, fries and, a, and coke. a coke. For seven dollars fifty, you get two games, shoe hire, hot dog, fries and a coke. That was AMF Bowling in Australia, 10-pin bowling. And then I think they changed it and it was like, $7.50, you get two game shoe, hire a hot dog and a Coke. Like it was, no, they it was up, getting the more price went up. Was it the price? Yeah, it was definitely the price. I thought it was price. like something got skipped. No, because then it was like for $12.50. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Two game shoe. $7.50 for two game shoe, hire a hot dog, fries Mate. and a Coke. You'd, you'd live at the bowling alley. Yeah, right? It'd be cheaper. We're having hot live. dogs for dinner again, guys. Fries and you a coke. better pick up that seven ten split, goddammit. <laughs> All right, I'm getting to the origin story split. now. Origin story. If in case you weren't aware, this is based on a true story, or at least inspired by a story that was true at one point. Inspired by the nineteen eighty eight Jamaican bobsled team, the nineteen eighty eight Winter Olympics in Calgary, Canada. The film did take some liberties on this, on this inspiration from which this beautiful story did sprout. Um, we'll get into some of those differences between the true story and the, and the movie later on. I'm going to keep the origin story squarely focused on how this movie came to be. Oh, yeah. But based on that story, um, we started with a movie, a title, a script named Blue Maga. I don't know how to pronounce that. Maga or Maga, double A. I think we're going to go with Maga. Okay. Can I say that on behalf of the podcast? Yeah, and on behalf of Jamaica? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was more of a drama, you know, more gritty, darker, grittier, as it often is the original intention with a lot of the movies we cover. Mm. It always starts darker, grittier. Yeah, right? Mostly. And then Disney gets hold of it, basically. Have we ever had an example of a reverse Disney? Yeah, I don't think so. Started off really funny and then just got dark. That would be great. I'd be into that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right, holding out for the reverse Disney. Um, and so first phase of this was Blue Maga was getting made. Mega, Maga, Maga. And um, 
they started the casting process. Um, Leon Robinson, the main dude, uh-huh. the sprint dike and the runner did 9-9. Nine, nine, okay? nine. He was cast at this point in the joinee. Interesting. And then what happened? The movie died. Oh. Yeah, it's over. Figuratively. Figuratively. And it was on hold. It was kind of over. disappeared for like a year or so. What happened? Uh, they had a director attached who was um, Jeremiah S. Chechik. Mm-hmm. So he was originally set to to direct. He did um, a movie called Benny and June instead. That's one of those ones I've seen the cover of at Video Easy a lot. Always avoided. I'm pretty sure it's like Johnny Depp with an umbrella. You know that Benny and June. It's got, no, you're kind of. It looks very nineties, like colorful and yeah. Um, he did that instead. Um, the movie kind of died in in all around that. And then a year or so later, it eventually ended with a director by the name of John Turtlelaub. 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 Okay, Turtlelaub. Um, who I have not heard of, but what? I've heard of some of his pictures. You haven't heard of the Turts? <laughs> the Laub. Labernator. <laughs> Lobster. <laughs> John John Lobloub. Um, Three Ninjas. Hans. Booby. Um, he did Three Ninjas. Oh, Noah Jose. Yeah, he did Phenomenon. I think that's where Magat <coughs> has wings. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do we next? <laughs> what else? Um, while you were sleeping. Oh. But then we get into National Treasure and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. So he, did, he went down a Nick Cage path for a while there. They must have been collaborators. Wow. It's like, I found my Scorsese. <laughs> I found my Capella, and then Wait. most recently, the Meg. He did the Meg. He's still going. Yeah, and he's he's been all over the place. There's lots of different types of movies. Oh. But once he's on board, and through that casting process, Leon comes back. He's been cast a year ago. He's still in the picture. The casting process continues, and it seems as though I can't. I couldn't quite pinpoint at what point the shift happened, but it seemed like all this kind of happened together. This organic transformation happened, where it went from a drama to more of a comedy. And a lot of the guys that were cast, we'll go. I think we'll go through the cast a bit later. But obviously, you got John Candy in there. You got Dougie Doug, and you got a few others that are more of a comedic flair to them. And that definitely informed the evolution of Yul how Brenner? the tone of the movie. This movie has Yul Brenner in it. Who's that? Yul Brenner. Yeah, it's hard to answer that question. <laughs> Was it a point in time thing? Uh, a little. He's a he's a quite famous Academy Award winning American. Russian American actor back in the 60s. Oh, was he the guy that was on like the Olympic Committee or whatever? No, it was, it was the character's name of the Ussie Brat guy. Oh, okay. And then I have no idea why. Oh. But Yul Brenner is the name of a very famous. So, it is, it's, so it's intentionally named after someone, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I and didn't like, get My that. name is Yul Brenner. And they're like, what? Oh, I didn't pick up on that at all. So even within the movie, they react to that. Yeah, I think a little bit. Oh. But they don't really explain it. It's bizarre. See, you've got to wonder with these types of movies where it started as one thing and evolved and, like, there's traces of the old thing in there. Yeah. Like, maybe that was, like, a, we're doing this to symbolise, you know, some fucking thing. It just, it just stayed on. <laughs> yeah, it just stayed oh, on. It's without all written like as Yul Brenner. Just be Yul Brenner. Interesting. And someone like me didn't even know that was a person. You didn't notice that whole Yul Brenner thing? No. All right. Becomes a comedy. A couple of precasties for you here. Because we'll talk about the cast later because they're all pretty damn good and pretty interesting, although a mixed bag of accents. But precasties, there was talk of Cuba Gooding Jr. in this picture. Uh-huh. They actually wanted four stars, like headliners for this thing originally. 
Um, Jeffrey Wright was very close, a friend of the ah, show we mentioned the other week. Yeah, um, of, of Westworld week. fame, of uh, Basquiat fame, of uh, Casino Royale fame. And they initially wanted Kurt Russell in the John Candy role. All right. Well, that, that, that's the, the crux of it, really. Let's, let's play the trailer and start to get into that's the it? movie. Yeah. You sigging? You sagging? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. <laughs> no, no. They shatter. So, who wants in? We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. But they chose a sport they knew nothing about. Great. Very good. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary. And there is a lot more coming up. Is this whole thing a big joke? I can't get my helmet on. Oh, thanks, coach. Why don't you put some training wheels on that sled? Leave the Bob setting to the real man. You know, you're going to have to do this on your own one day. Oh. You have no business here, Jamaica. People are always afraid of what's different. Now, 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 now. But they found in each other. Do you really expect these Jamaicans to qualify? The courage to give it their all. Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn some heads doing it. I see pride. I see power. And they took the whole world along for the ride. Is to follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Walt Disney Pictures presents. I am feeling very Olympic today. A story for anyone who dares to stand out in a crowd. I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from. And everyone with the courage. Cool, ready? To stand up for their dreams. How will I know if I'm enough? When you cross that finish line. Where did these guys come from? Jamaica! You'll know. So what are we going to name the sled? Tallulah. <laughs> Tallulah. That's my mother's name. Tallulah. Nice. 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 I think I must have watched this a lot because, yeah, there's so many moments in this movie where I'm like, like, where did these people come from? Jamaica. Yeah, there's so it was many moments, it? yeah. And did you notice it is that, built around one-liners? Yeah, yeah. And did you notice in that that's my mother's name thing? The Dougie Dog says like doesn't show it in the trailer there. But he's like, sounds like a two-cent hooker. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't notice that as a kid. That doesn't sound very Disney. Disney There's a few non-Disney parts. Yeah, we watched this on Disney Plus, by the way. Yes, it's it's in some ways it's a very wholesome film, and there's some other bits. I'll well, there's one other bit I'll talk about later. It really is, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a long trailer, a decent trailer, but... It was a good trailer. Yeah. I'm pumped to watch it. But I want to hear your version of events. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can do a version of events. That's, <laughs> that's fine. I would say this one's a real fish out of water story. Mm. A real boy meets ice story. Yeah. Four young Jamaican men, each with their own Disney backstory. Yeah. Unlikely allies banding together to achieve greatness, striving for greatness... Greatness against the odds. 
Greatness. Greatness in, in the face of adversity. Greatness. Greatness in a sleigh of greatness. Greatness. Sled. Of sled. sled. For John Candy, it's a redemption song. A chance to shed the weight of a past life. Sadly, the end of this life. R.A.P. Big Man. Mm. I think I thought that was like a nice creative end to it. It was nice, the candy man. Mm. Oh. So how was the rewatch for you? Uh, I enjoyed it. It was very familiar, though I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. this movie for years. Yeah. So I, can't, I couldn't quite work out if I watched it so much when I was young or if it's just such a memorable movie because it is quite – the dialogue is quite short and sharp in every scene. And I've got to imagine it would have been quite different for us. Mm, because it was about a Jamaican bobsledding camp. <laughs> well, yeah, but like Jamaica – like it was kind of such a mysterious like, oh, Jamaica – like it was kind of this – Mysterious perfect land. Yeah, yeah. So I think it really – yeah, I, I agree. I can't tell if I watched it a million times or it just resonated so strongly when I did watch it mm, that all those lines yeah, just sunk right. in. Where did you land on that with the rewatch? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, so with the rewatch, I I mean I definitely I must have watched it multiple times as a child. Um I was I was impressed because often with the rewatch, we probably don't talk about this much, but often with the rewatch, I think I remember the line and then it's different to what I remember. Um, you know, we've talked about this before, like uh, Mandela effect or whatever. Where it's the Mandela effect. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Is not, that's not the line or whatever. Lots, that happens all the time when we watch these things. But it, most of mine was on spot wall. on. Who's and, the best looking of them all? Yeah, yeah. Is that what it was? No. No. Uh, who's the cutie patootiest of them I all? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, people don't think it's that. But, yeah, so many lines. Was, I was, like, saying it in real time with them and I was like, oh, yeah. The cultural ding, 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 ding. psyche remembers yeah, it. Yeah, it was really in there. Yeah. It was really in there for me. But uh-huh. – um, so it was it was definitely a nostalgia trip, but is nostalgia enough? I would say no. I I I, I didn't find it that funny. Wow. I didn't find wow. it that funny. And at first I, I was kind of getting I was kind of rewatch. Yeah, and I was kind of getting bored with it. And like I said, I watched it in two sittings, and I think in that first sitting I just must have just not been in the in right the headspace. And I kept getting distracted, and then I was like, right, I'm gonna call it a night, I'm gonna watch this the rest of this another time. And then the next part I I got more into, but so you just started a new job. I would say I did just start a new job, but the job's been good. Yeah, but um, you know, you you come. You, but it's energy it's, levels. It's energy. Yeah, energy's fine out, man. It's fine out. Yeah, I agree. It's a natural resource, baby. <laughs> um, I th- side note: I think I'm saying "baby" too much. No, I think you're saying it just. You no, can in say my it life. More. Oh, I've started saying it at work. I do that. I don't know that. My place of work is a baby place. No, I said it. I said it yesterday too. I think I called my boss baby recently, and I don't know <laughs> that it was well received. Yeah, call it toots. It's more. But I try and exaggerate. I go baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that too because you've got to. Uh, I'm merely channeling my excitement. Yeah. Could you go? Let's do it, baby. Mm. If you go, let's do it, baby. <laughs> Very different mm, things. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. Anyway, my point is I didn't find it very funny. But then what I accepted was if you frame it up more as – I was like, this is very cartoony. I'm like, well, maybe that's the thing. And I was like, oh, If actually, you frame it as more of a comedy. <laughs> no, I just – I legitimately – I don't think I laughed once other than the song. 
I like this song. For for how much of the movie? Oh yeah, the whole. He, oh, no, you dead, you dead man. That stuff. I, that, was, that was maybe three times. But I think then I then I started thinking about in what circumstance would I happily watch this again? And by the end of it as well, you thought marijuana. No, I thought like fuck. I'd watch this with my kid, man. There's so much good lessons entry, in this and entry level humor, and it, it's good. It's good humor on that level. But there's so much good fucking. They don't win, you know. It's like a bit like Some Rocky. Lessons. So many lessons. Like it's there's it's good. I think like it's Rocky. really good, valuable, good lessons to take out of this. Mm. It's good shit. Like make your kid watch this. I think that's on that level. It's a just good pushing movie. forward regardless of what other people say. Yeah, in the so face of adversity. Yeah, I see pride. I see power. I see poor. Um. Oh, the difference in rewatching it now too. Some things hit me harder, so I think the emotional side of things definitely oh, resonated a lot more. The beginning is so sad; it's fucking heartbreaking, man. Like mm. when they don't finish the race, yeah. And in the end, uh, it wasn't sad. It was like you know that feel good set. Like they're walking. I it got me. I te- I cried. I, I cried. I just cried, man. Carol didn't see me. I I sheltered my tears from her, which in hindsight is hilarious. I tried so hard for Ira to see it, and then she saw it. And I like made. Why a do joke. we do that? Why do we? I know, and I sort of made a joke out of it. Like not really, but a little bit. Like I was fucking crying. I was man. like, if Ira wasn't there, I would have embraced it and just let it happen. How can you not? Yeah, man, it really got to me. So like. Uh, through all of that, me kind of when they get up, yeah, man, because they we've got race. to finish this race. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. get up, yeah, and then the slow clap. Yeah, man, and who should start the slow clap? But Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> the race has Joseph Gruel, <laughs> not Jurgen Klopp. That's the that's the manager for Liverpool Football Club. Um, but close. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're both names. Joseph Gruel, Jürgen Klub. <laughs> oh, one final thing on the rewatch, but I want to hear your thoughts too. But I think yeah. the, the hey thing. Hey, Jamaica, would you like some training wheels for that slack? Yours <laughs> is like more of a Hans Gruber type. Hey, John Candy, are you going to tuck them in too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the funny guy from this group. And I'm also going to be the tough guy in the bar. Yeah, but they're not that tough at the end. Because he get the clap. Yeah. You're one of us. I'll see you in four years. Maybe <laughs> sooner on the circuit. We're touching on a few things here that uh, really, really hone in on the differences between the movie and the true story. But we'll get to that in a second. One more thing on my thoughts on the rewatch was the other part that resonated with me more that was a real sweet thing was just the, the relationship between the rich boy and the tough guy. Oh, you liked that, did you? I liked that. That was a nice... I found that more compelling than most of the other characters. Did you think he was... The fact that they became buddies and he stood up for him in the bar. Yeah. Like, that was cool. Did you think he was less of a tough guy this time you watched it? Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember thinking he was so scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't particularly big. He was just bigger yeah. than the small guy. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, That they were... That was cool. The main guy who... It's almost like they were the main guys because the main guy kind of disappeared for the second half of the movie. Yeah, he was pretty vanilla in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't find Dougie Doug's character like so, he's he's the least value to me in this movie. He like, and in the original, he was, he was like the proper one. comedy. He was relief. my guy. He was yeah. the guy. Yeah, he was meant to be the next. I was like, yeah, when's the next Dougie? He's Doug like movie? he was like a 
93 early Chappelle. Yeah, almost. You know? He was in a few Spike Lee movies too. Exactly. Like yeah. he had a bit of edge. Yeah. I tried to dig him out but I couldn't find him. He was much. in Operation Dumbo Drop. Yeah. John Candy stood out more this time for me. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad segue. Can we talk about John Candy a little bit? Because I became conscious in this movie that I've always like liked John Candy, but like Rick Moranis, I get passionate about Rick Moranis. Even Steve Martin to a degree, I get pa- Leslie Nielsen, I get real passionate. John Candy, I have never really had a real really bond. even when I had a bond. When I was young, I I bonded. Yeah, like what were you, what were the big ones for you? Because uh, I never saw planes, trains, and automobiles, and I was like, maybe am I missing that? Is that the big one? And Spaceballs that, is in there, I guess. That was definitely but, a big one. Spaceballs came a bit later for me. But John Candy, he, oh, man, well, there was Uncle Buck. Yeah. There was, did you ever see Who's Harry Crumb? No. He it was like a bubbling but genius detective. Oh, I, think, I don't right. know when it came out. It was in this era. Like what would be the quintessential John Candy movie? Well. The Candyman? Candyman, obviously. <laughs> Here you're looking for John Candy, bitch. Um, Uncle, Uncle Buck is Right up there. Yeah, I had this weird thing with Uncle Buck as a kid where I just never watched it because I thought it was dumb or something. Well, you know, like well, some fuck you. You know how you just get these random things in your head? It must have been in the schoolyard or something. Well, he did wear a brown jacket, and I never liked brown back then. <laughs> Uncle Buck was my favorite, but I think Who's Harry Crumb? I think I really liked when I was a kid. Right. Plane, trains, automobiles. I watched a lot when I was a kid. Right. My friends' parents had it on VCR. Yeah. And he just always, for me, always had this. Face of someone you kind of knew and liked. Yeah, and I think that's – I definitely got that part of just like, yeah, it's my yeah, – uh, I like yeah. him being here. He's I like a, him being he's here. He's a welcome face. I remember my mum told him when – mum telling me when he had died. And I remember she was telling well, this me – This was when this movie came out. Yeah, she was telling me as though, you know, someone oh, I right, knew it. Down. She was like, oh, John Candy's dead. Yeah, because I remember it being a big deal because, there, yeah, this was the last movie to come out while he was alive. Yeah, but you know, it was 93, so Kirk Cobain died this year. Oh, Arguably more dramatic circumstances. Yeah. 27 and, you know, shot himself. So I think, I think that kind of took a little bit of the, because John Candy was, you know, he was pretty big time. Yeah, I think man. it stole a bit of the thunder of his passing somewhat. Yeah, But I was, a, I was a, you know, pretty big fan as a, as a kid. I was, I was definitely on, I was definitely on board. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I thought in this role it was interesting because, He's always played a very dry, irreverent sort of guy. Like hey, he'd yeah, just yeah, talk yeah. a little bit of nonsense. Sheboygan. Yeah, he was funny as fuck, but super dry. And I, yeah. it kind of appealed to me. Yeah. But um, in this movie, he kind of obviously took on a bit of a different role. You could argue that he was... Semi-dramatic? Yeah, he yeah. was definitely semi-dramatic. Like right? when he faced off with the committee? Yeah. Which was another thing as a child I wasn't really conscious of, the racist element. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even no, consider that as a no, kid. No, it's beautiful, isn't it? it yeah, I had that it's kind of thing. It's like, is, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's uh, innocence, innocence, innocence. Um, Pure children. And I think a lot of the John Candy stuff. We've, you know, he's been. We've, we didn't. We haven't done a show yet, but we did watch Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, he pops up in Home Alone, and his cameos are pretty outstanding. Yeah. He can just run with a scene. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Is that he's a um, what's the crew called? The Canadian version of UCB? Second City. He's a Second City guy. Second, he's an SCTV dude, yeah, with Rick Moranis. So he's a natural. So he's definitely missed. Yeah. And I didn't, yeah, in summary, I enjoyed 
uh, watching him through uh, an adult's eyes in this one, and I think it might have yeah. been he was actually in JFK, which I haven't seen. So I'd be interested to see what he did in that because I feel like he. He might seems have been, like he's got that. He dimension. was on that trajectory, which yeah. is you know we've talked about with other actors. It's it's our favorite trajectory here. Yeah, like a Ray Romano. Ray Romano. We I lost the side there, bro. So yeah, it would have been cool to see what else he had in the tank. Yeah. Should we talk about the the real version of this story and the differences between this movie and? Um, yeah, we should, and then I can touch on um, Cool Runnings and Eyes. What? Go on. <laughs> so there's there's quite a lot that this is uh, this movie deviates from um, in almost every way. So there was no sprinters who didn't get to the Olympics that were looking for another avenue. That that was not the initiator. The initiator was the John Candy, <laughs> the John Candy type dude was observing the pushcart culture of Jamaica and was like pushcarts, bobsleds. Push sleds. Push sleds. And so he was trying to find sprinters to become bobsled drivers. No one gave a fuck. And so he approached the military and found some sprinters there and started to get a plan into place. Now, interestingly, this coach, this guy, he was not a cheater. He did not make that mistake. They added that. They added that to create some depth to that character. Well, depth added. Depth added indeed. And I think that's the spirit of all of this. They did all this in in the spirit of, of creating a better story movie. Telling. But the crazy thing is the true story is fucking crazier, man. Often is, Tristan. Stranger than fiction. So this team, I think there were three of them initially, right? And they were competing in the two-man bobsled team. Two-man bobsled team. And a week before they heard there was a four-man bobsled block. <laughs> A four-man four, four bobsled. Yeah, so they're competing in the two-man bobsleds and um, then they hear there's a four-man bobsled and they're like, oh, we should do that too. And um, they called one of the guys in the team's brother to come join the Olympics like three days before the race. And they said, we taught him everything we knew about bobsledding in three days. We could do that because we didn't know much. <laughs> it's mad. And so the, the four, that, that race you see in the movie where they crashed, that's kind of what happened. And it kind of happened because they kind of didn't know what they're doing. One of them had never done it before. Yeah. And um, it crashed not because of that screw coming loose like in the movie. It crashed because they didn't know what they were they doing. They were a bit shit. And the, the the footage of the crash in the movie is the real footage yeah, of the yeah, crash, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. And you hear the dude talk about it and he's like, I didn't realize we crash crashed. I felt a bump and then I could smell this weird smell, which was the the, what is it? Uh, fiberglass or whatever burning from rubbing on the ice and they were, what's the speed they were going they were going 80 miles per hour that's 130 kilometers per hour for 600 meters mm. just like like fuck did you, did you see the end of the clip his and neck his neck. his neck because and that's the that's the part where i started getting emotional because i'm like i know they don't die but i didn't I, as a kid i never thought it that they could die but watching that you're watching that and you're like, this dude could die in this situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so that footage was real. They were, So, you know, in the movie they make it look like these guys made a great time on their second race. Yeah. That didn't happen. They were in last place going into the final race. But they qualified. 
They qualified for sure. They were in the Olympics, but they were in last place. They were, they were, they were not in contention for. They were Eric the Eel. Yeah, yeah, essentially. They were welcomed to the Olympics. There was no issue there at all. So they were, um, there, there was no tension. There was no, oh, he wants some training wheels. That guy didn't exist. It, it was like a feel good story. Everyone loved this shit, like Eric the Eel. And to the point where there was no negativity from the Swiss. Yeah, well, and the US donated a bobsled to them when they needed a spare one. Like everyone was in on this. This was great stuff. Didn't create enough tension there. Yeah, exactly. You need the tension constraint. Um, and I guess there's a couple of minor differences. I mean, those are pretty significant differences, but a couple of minor differences. They didn't carry the sled in the end, but they did walk the rest of the race. So they didn't carry it, but they walked it. Which I think is that's close enough. That's pretty fucking good. Um, and the, maybe the clapping was a little more sporadic than the slow clapping to a crescendo. Well, I have to start with one yeah. set of hands. Yeah, exactly. It all starts. You can't build a round of applause without a. Every applause. journey begins with a single step. That's what they say in the beginning. But it is one of those things too, where you start to go, "Well, what does it matter? Does it matter?" Because I always think that, like, why is it more interesting if it's a true story? Because you know how in the beginning of Fargo says based on a true story, but it's not. I think about that more often than I should. <laughs> like, I, th- <laughs> I think about that a lot. I'm like, why did they do that? Did you think? Can about they it? do that? Did you think about it like in the last week or so? Yeah, watching this movie because like, every time there's a true story, I always think about. What, what, so if this wasn't a true story, would I still find it interesting? And if so, mm. why? And sometimes I watch movies thinking that would be more interesting if it was a true story, but it's not. Do you know what? Speaking of true stories. Mm. It's hard to imagine John Candy being a sportsman at some point. Right? Yeah. So I think that came with the casting because, yeah, like I said, they were looking at, what's his name? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. But I think the thing is it's even harder to imagine John Candy requiring to add additional weights to the front of his sled. (laughs) I think think John Candy adding sled to his sled might have seen him with Doc and Marty. Back in 1984, <laughs> 56, whatever year where they fucking went to. I mean, gigawatts. Hey, um, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bud sled time. Yeah. It does not feel as efficient as eins, zwei, drei to me. <laughs> feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Look out, man. It's bud sled time. <laughs> You're going to be out of breath before you do your thing. not a bad song but is my it? but my favorite song is is the uh some people say you know them can't believe jamaica we have a bobsled team we have yes. this wonder is i know one junior you sanka the fastest of the fastest of jamaican sprinters go to olympics fight for jamaica can i just call out a little plot floor here as well yes oh i didn't make the summer olympics so I'm going to go to the Winter Olympics. In about three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Timings do not add up here, people. I guess you, in defense of the film, I agree. Well. But maybe well, more time is supposed to have passed over this period. Surpassed? Two years. Of past. Maybe. They need a good, they need a better training montage to signify two years, though. Hey, I'm um, speaking of music. Yes. Jimmy Cliff. Oh, Yes. 
did you know his version of I Can See Clearly Now yeah. was recorded for this movie? Yeah, yeah. And which That's makes, a big deal. Which makes sense because it's a big deal. Because this mo- that, that song was big in my childhood and I remember the video clip because he's like, it was around the time of this movie. It makes sense. Mm. Jimmy Cliff's a big deal in my world. Yeah, yeah, you got me into him recently. And then I thought, oh, is Jimmy Cliff a cover guy? Yeah. But he's not really. Like He's not really, but I think he's probably one of those artists. There's artists of a certain era where you do lots of covers. But he's done heaps of originals. Oh, yeah, for sure. Most of uh, Many Rivers to Cross and stuff, you know, how do they come, how do they fall? He's, um, that's all him. Oh, they're his. They're his. Wait, is that one his? Hakuna Matata. It's not his. He does the version of it, the outside the movie version. Does he? Yeah. When I was a cool young one, when he was a cool young one. So the Heart of They Come album. Yeah. So many rivers to cross is his. Um, get it if you really want. To. Many rivers to cross, one I only know though. Many rivers to cross. I think it was in that commercial when we were kids or it something. Was. Yeah, ruined it. Hey, don't put good songs in ads. Like fuck. Yeah, make up a jingle. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. Sorry. One more thing on the music. Hans Zimmer. What about him? He did music in this. This is early Hans Zimmer before he was Bob doing Sled the Chase. before he was doing the Bob stuff. Sled, Bob Sled Chase. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Correct. Um, are you familiar with the concept of Cool Runnings deniers? <laughs> they claim that Jamaicans never landed on the bobsled course. Right. So I took this, excerpt, but it's in the Olympics. I took this excerpt. It's it's all pre-doctored apparently. I took this excerpt. From, <laughs> not familiar with that word. It's quite a word. I never said it out loud. Excerpt. You know those words you read but you never have to say? Excerpt. <laughs> <laughs> Razel's really good at saying that yeah, word. Yeah, he is. Excerpt. <laughs> a young man by the name of Dennis Miller 2024 wrote to Reddit. Ah, to Reddit? If I'm allowed to quote, yeah. I'll read this excerpt. My 23M, which I assume is 23-year-old male yeah. friend, yeah. best friend, yeah. is a cool runnings denier. <laughs> it is all he talks about now. How do I convince him that Jamaica <laughs> had a bobsled team and should I be concerned? My friend has become adamant that cool runnings was a hoax and that Jamaica never had a bobsled team until very recently. Now I understand that cool runnings is inspired by a true story. But it is true that Jamaica has a bobsled team since 1988. Yeah. He doesn't believe this. <laughs> he thinks that Jamaica only created a bobsled team recently because they wanted to boost the Blu-ray sales of the movie. Wait. They only did it recently for the Blu-ray sales, not even in terms of yeah. making the movie in the first place. I tried to show him actual video. Why would they do it for the Blu-ray sales and not the release of the movie? 
1988 bobsled crash. He said it was a doctored video of a different country's bobsled team. He tried to show me a What's in it for these people? <laughs> well, we'll have to ask. That's the thing Dennis I don't get with a lot of conspiracies. It's like, why? 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 Well, he's onto something here. Yeah, okay, sorry. He tried to show me a documentary style video he made. <laughs> <laughs> pointing out pointing out all the inaccuracies in the video compared to the actual competition. The video is called History's Greatest Lie, The Cool Runnings Hoax. <laughs> no way. Whenever I question him to a point where he can't counter my argument, he says something like, Come on, you can't really believe that Jamaica is a bobsled team. It's a tropical country. They've never even seen snow. It's too hot. But How he would they practice? they do now. He doesn't believe in any other conspiracy theories either. He regularly <laughs> makes... <laughs> this is amazing. He regularly makes fun of flat earth, <laughs> anti-vax, moon landing, conspiracy theorists, etc. I'm starting to get worried about him <laughs> and can't just ignore it because he's devoting more and more time to unravelling the I love hoax. the tone of this post, post too. It's more just genuine concern for his friend. I'm going to read this last line again. Sorry, here you go. I'm starting to get worried about him and I can't ig- just ignore it because he's devoting more and more time to unravelling the hoax. <laughs> he's my best friend and I really want to help him. How can I convince him that Cool Runnings was inspired by a true story? Greg, I think you have potentially stumbled upon something worth investigating further as a potential spin-off podcast where we track down this guy and try and understand what is the conspiracy theory behind Cool Runnings. He's made a fucking movie. Let's find the movie and watch the movie, review the movie, find this guy, try and interview him. It sounds like great investigative journalism. That's what we are. That's what we do. For a oh. living. Yeah, we Google stuff and watch movies. We, all, we watch Google. We can talk to humans too, though. We can ex- expand our repertoire. Uh-huh. But listeners, do you think this is something we should investigate? I think it's our responsibility, wouldn't you say? As investigative journalists. Yeah, and as pop culture historians reviewing a movie, is it based on a true story or is it complete fabrication? I think that's fucking amazing. Speaking of, I did have a soft repitch for this movie and a very soft repitch. It's more just a treatment of it. So in hearing a lot of the strange adan fiction truth about this movie, and the original intention to make a drama, I think that's actually a great idea. Oh, yeah? I think if, if they were going to, I would support a remake of this, like fully framed as the true, the true story of Cool Runnings. I would be well into that. I don't know who would direct it, but in terms of like an Aaron Sorkin script, you know, yeah. some, some unknown actors. I get him confused with Alan Arkin, so that's the only problem. Aaron Sorkin, the… West Wing. Yeah, West Wing, The Social Network. But yeah, like some R-rated shit. Un- unknown actors. You know, like when you watch The Wire, no one in The Wire was famous at that point and so they seemed like real people. Just, yeah, get some cast some real Jamaicans in this thing and just tell the true story. Mm. Maybe it's a series. I don't know. But there's so much in there. It's fucking fascinating. Mm. Um, it deserves to be told. The full mm. story. The full story. Do you, what, this, what's the opposite of the Bechdel test? Because um, there's like one girlfriend we see for like one minute. Yeah, and for a point I was like, did I misinterpret that? Is that not his girlfriend? Because he's girlfriend? making out with that chick is, in the kissing booth. Yeah, and then the girlfriend's like, I'm angry at you. And as she should be. Being passionate of the chick. He's fully passionate. He's like, mm. Did you watch this with Ira? 
Not that part. That was in the second half, I think. Oh, maybe. Carol, uh, Carol's eyes lit up a little bit when this when Leon Robinson first appeared on the screen. Should we talk about Leon Robinson? Because I disliked him a lot in this movie as a kid. As just like oh, fucking like straighty one eighty. Did you? I liked him as a kid in this movie. No, I was I was all Dougie Doug, and then now I like him more. But I like both. I like all of them. But the crazy thing is, the amount of shit this guy's been in. It's years later. I would discover the TV show Oz, which was yeah, he in, is. in many ways. You know, Sopranos gets a lot of the credit for introducing the new golden age of television. But before Sopranos on HBO, there was Oz. That was their first like Oz thing. is pretty special. If you he know. was yeah, and he was like the main character in season one or so. And I remember watching that because we used to both watch around the same time, right, mm, back in mm. the early UM days. And um, I remember watching that going, who the fuck is this guy? He looks so familiar. But he was so different I couldn't place it. Yeah, because he's an actor. Yeah, but you know some like Tom Hanks is like, it's fucking Tom Hanks. Yeah. He had a very different aura about him. Like he was pretty badass and like really cool. He's. I think and that's his more natural game. Exactly. He's a cool guy. And if you think back to the origin story, he was cast in this when it was a drama. Yeah, that was interesting so to hear It that. makes sense, right? And, and he, then they're like, can you, just smile, can you just smile more and we'll put you in as... Yeah. And he was Black Jesus in Madonna's video clip for Like a Prayer. He yeah. was uh, yeah in Oz. He was, he's also one of the ex-husbands in, in Housewives of Atlanta, oh. which is weird. That's, and then you found a zinger this week too, didn't you? I found out that he, in the same year, yeah, was same in year. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Now, you, most of you will probably oh. know, Rhonda... <laughs> He uh, he's evil in that fucking movie, man. He's he's yeah. one of the henchmen bad guys. Yeah, um, and he's really fucking mean. Yeah, and horrible. Yeah, and so it, it's almost has like, a really good fight. You know in what? The cave you know what? It's a bit like Stallone. Uh, oh, the, the spike, and then he gets raised onto the spike. Oh, that's the spike guy. Spike. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's a bit like Joe Pesci in in. In Home Alone, which is how a lot of us people our age would reverse Joe Pesci. It's reverse Pesci. No, it's exact Pesci because we saw this guy in Cool Runnings and thought it's that was… It's exact Pesci. <laughs> it's a Pesci scenario. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, no, that was the exception, not the rule. And this guy's yeah. a badass. Like he's very cool. He's yeah, a cool he's guy. He's a cool guy. And you look him up in like real life, he's got that real just cool guy, D'Angelo kind of vibe. Yeah, He's, he's in a, a band cool too. He sings… He's got a few. I found a couple of tracks. He sings. He sings. He's got in a band called Leon on the Peoples. Leon and the Peoples. And I like the name Leon. It was a short list for my son. Oh, Leon's not a bad name. Hey, I got one. We talked about this being a. Uh, you know, this is a. Well, I, I certainly found this to be a wholesome film. Yeah. You know, it was a Disney movie. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, this is a Disney movie. No wonder. Yeah. One thing that I'd like to uh, tap Mr. Walt or Eisner. <laughs> On the shoulder and say, "Hey, what about your legacy here, guys? Mm-hmm. Was the um, normalization of uh, a violence in a bar fight? Yeah, but more specifically, bottling people willy nilly. People, there's a lot of glassing going. I think, on. like for, for comic effect, <laughs> like everyone's getting glassed. You can die and shit. Like bottling is serious. Glassing yeah. is serious shit. That's we had an. I, like, I we had, that's sh- why we have lockout laws and stuff we in had, Australia. I, think, I know the England did too. I'm assuming the states has had it. You, you know, it's not we just a nice. It's not just here. a light little fucking. Oh, it's a disfiguring daisy. It's yeah, a disfiguring. It's life just a changing permanent moment. fucking. Yeah, I had Don't the same thing. People. I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, they're, pl- they're bottling each other as a. It was a gag. Yeah. 
Whoa, man, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. It blew my mind a bit. Oh, hey, here's a good one. In France, this movie was called Rasta Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty Excellent. good. That's pretty good. Anyway, should we get into the verdict? Yeah, I got nothing left to say. Yeah, I got nothing left to say. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I think I touched on like a remake I would like to see. There's more serious take. The true story of Cool Running. That would be all right. In terms of recasties, I thought of one while you were talking about it, which uh, would be the European cliche guy to be Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. Nice. I thought Danny McBride could be a As fun the John. coach. Yeah. Yes. But, but then I thought. Because he could be like an ex-alcoholic, disgruntled guy. Yeah. He'd obviously be a more com- front, uh, f- more full-on front comedic. But yeah. I thought he could, he could do that pretty good. He would be amazing at that. Man, Kind of like a Kenny Powers. Potentially even, this, even in the serious version. Yeah. Like, like Tom Hanks in, um, in League of Their Own. Yeah, I think Kenny Powers is uh, – sorry. He's he's taken some semi-serious turns. I feel he, I mean, he's obviously got the talent. He's got that new HBO show, which I think is it's ultimately a comedy, but it's got some dramatic. He's just got an aura, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's around for a while, I think. It's a, it's a yes for me, but I, I would say I think you nailed it on the head earlier when you said that uh, watching it with kids, I think that's the yeah. right pitch. Kids are of an age where they can appreciate it, so they've got to be a bit older. Yeah, and there's just not there is ba- so babies. many great lessons in this. Not just like mm. the main moral of the story, but all the things throughout are really cool. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, like even all the subplots, like the rich kid and his dad. Like there's uh-huh. lots of little things which I know it's a very Disney thing, and maybe that's not that compelling to a lot of people. But I don't know. Are there that many movies like that you can watch with your kid these days? Who knows? Oh man, that you would both enjoy to a degree. Not that doesn't have the rock. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess he would be in the remake, wouldn't he? MVP. I don't know if I have one, to be honest. I'm going to give it to John Candy as yeah. a farewell gift. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, let's wrap it up. All right. What, um, what have we got coming up next? Maybe Baywatch. <laughs> well, do you know what? The problem with Baywatch is the more I watch. <laughs> the more you want to watch. The more I want to watch. Yeah. I'm like four episodes in. Uh, are you still doing season one for that? I, I've watched, no, I'm into season two. Okay, tell me which ones you've watched. I'll watch the same and I think we just watch two more than that and we do Baywatch next week. But we shift to Pamela Anderson era. Well, not on Pammy era. No, I know, but we'll, I'll watch the ones you've watched and then we'll shift on to Pammy era. I think we need another movie. Really? I think so. And what have we got in the mix? What have we got in the mix? Oh, Flight of the Navigator. All right. I'm curious to watch that. I'm less curious. Well, we can do do Baywatch. (laughs) I'm curious. (laughs) All right, next week is going to be Flight of the Navigator. And, hey, if you're still listening to the tail end of the show, that means you're a a friend of the show. If you're still watching the live video that I've had (laughs) 
filming a black screen for the last 20 minutes. Greg accidentally left a live video on a whole lot of nothing for too long. Um, but no, if you are still listening at this point, we appreciate it. You know, most podcasts, people don't listen right to the end. If you're here, um, we appreciate it. And maybe you like the show. If so, please leave us a review. It really helps. Um, and yeah, you can find us on the Instagram, Bye. Double Impact Podcast. You can hit us up on email, double impact podcast, and we're also on the Facebook too. Bye, guys.